Blog Talk Radio. Group five, 
city council at large. Now, a lot of people may not know, there's a backstory to Jack and I. Uh, since I've met you, we've become, I would like to say, uh, pretty good friends. Um, and there, there's a story. Uh, you, go ahead and tell them about the story of Coach Simmons, and then we'll, we'll get on with the show so people can understand our chemistry. Well, I had an assistant football coach in high school whose name was Robert Simmons. So I immediately, when I met Robert, thought about Coach Simmons. So I've had a habit, at least periodically, of, of calling Robert Coach. Uh, but I tell Robert that he's uh, that he Robert is a, a lot more debonair, well dressed, well spoken than my high school football coach, Coach Simmons. For starters. Robert doesn't chew tobacco and, and uh, drip tobacco all down the front of his nice clothing. So he's considerably um, more put-together guy with his fancy. I never saw Coach Simmons in a bow tie. Well, never. I'm sure I saw him in a time period, but certainly not a bow tie. <laughs> so, well, thank you very much. And uh, since, since we met, uh, we've grown to have a, a pretty decent relationship. Um, you and I, we've, we've driven around um, your neighborhood and – Later on in the town hall, I have some clippings that I wanted to show uh, some of the people that live here in Jacksonville. Um, and it'll, it'll be funny. So just out the gate, if I was a perfect stranger and I wanted to know, you know, well, Jack, what are your principles? Uh, you don't know me, and I just want to know why you're running to be city council at large. Well, my, my wife told me I need to get out of the house more. So that was sort of a starters. But several things came together, Robert. Uh, of course, you know all of this. My wife and I bought our home in historic Springfield, soon to be 20 years ago. And I came to Jacksonville right out of college, soon to be 50 years ago. And I'd always lived in the south side of town. And moving to our historic neighborhood, I got to see the other parts of our city in a way that I never had before. And so one of the terms you and I have talked about a good bit is the tale of two cities. And when you get into uh, some of those pictures, folks will get to see that if they don't see it every day like I do in my neighborhood. So one of the things was saying I didn't, have the, didn't and don't have the answers to all these issues, but certainly a lot of the problems or opportunities we have, I can see in the neighborhood. You know, the other part is I've had – seem to be a 50-year uh, CPA career, a financial career. And the more I've looked at our city's finances, it's never a bad idea to follow the money. And certainly there are things that I think we can do a lot better in our city finances than we're doing now, which gives us more opportunities uh, to spend money on really quality of life issues that all of us are interested in. Wow. So uh, another quick question. If someone was to ask you, they'll say, well, you know, where are you going from here? Is, is is this just to reach another office? Do you plan on running for president? Is, uh, <laughs> am I voting for your future endeavors? What would you say to that answer? Robert, I'm waiting too late for that. Um, you can do the math. Since <laughs> I came here 50 years, soon to be 50 years ago, right out of college, you can do the math. By the time this election takes place, I'll be almost 72 years old. This is the only office I'm interested in. Uh, this may be the only race I ever run, so I want to be the best city council person for Jacksonville I can be, and I don't have any other 
uh, access to grind or any other aspirations about holding different offices than this particular office. Well, you guys uh, heard it right there. Make sure to call in. We want to hear from you. Uh, we see that uh, people are listening online. Thank you for all the uh, Apple Podcast listeners. Make sure if you want to speak to Jack or ask him questions about City Hall, about what his plans are. I, I know I'm going to ask some questions, but I'm giving you guys the opportunity to be the host tonight and ask Jack himself, and he, he'll, he'll give you the answer. you hear it from his mouth. You, you know, a lot of times I come on and I make rants on my personal beliefs of what uh, the city or country should do, and I'll quote different leaders and things like that, but you have the opportunity to hear it. Uh, I don't want to call you a horse, but for the horse's mouth right here, the number to call is 319-527-6246. Remember, after you call, press the number one. That will put you in queue. If you just call the number and you don't press one, you won't put you in queue. So I don't want people to get upset with me. I've had shows where like, Robert, I was waiting and you never called on me. Well, you probably did not press the number one. So, again, that is area code 319-527-6246. So, Jack, as we're waiting for uh, people to call in, I, I have a, a, another question. Um, first time running for office, is that correct? Well, unless we count me running for a class officer in high school, this is the first time. But it's the first, first political office. What's, what, tell us, what's your experience been like? How's that been? You know, Robert, there's um, a little bit of it surprised me. One of the things that surprised me <clears throat> is that uh, I really enjoy just getting out and meeting people, hearing what they have to say, understanding more things about our city. Uh, so it's really been a real educational experience for me. Okay. Any any crazy stories of, you know, when you hear politics and, and the stories of, of what's happening, it's always, you know, there's uh, crazy radicals out there that just, you know, jumping out at you or any not anything crazy on the campaign trail, knocking on doors and <laughs> shaking hands. Well, you know, Jacksonville is, is really a diverse city. And so going around our city and meeting different people, uh, I'll say this much, Robert, without getting into a whole lot of particulars, there's no, there's no shortage of different opinions in Jacksonville about who we are, what we should do, what our priorities should be. Uh, there, are plenty of, there are plenty of opinions that people have. Now, there are commonalities, too. There certainly are plenty of opinions. So the, the elephant in the room, uh, someone will call in and ask us, but I'll ask it. You're, you're running not as a Democrat, not as a Republican, but a – no party affiliation. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I, I went back and looked, and I think I remember this correctly. Uh, when I first could vote, I could first vote in 1972. I was 21 years old. And at that time in Florida, because I've, I've always lived in Florida, uh, there was hardly a Republican presence in Florida. So I was a Democrat for some number of years until you know, I had a CPA firm, a small business, and uh, began to think that the Republican Party was more the party of, of business. That's the kind of career I've had. But then I think it was 2014, 
I, I just couldn't go along with some of the things the Republican Party was doing. And so I became an MPA. And when I decided to run for office, I had some people who tell me, well, you need to become a Democrat. I had others tell me you need to become a Republican. And I just didn't feel comfortable doing either of those things. And I thought the first thing was, regardless of whether that was a smart move or a good strategic move or be helpful in getting elected, the first thing is, at, at my age in life, there's no sense trying to pretend to be something I'm not. And so I felt a lot more comfortable uh, not being a member of either of the major parties. And certainly one of the things I'm able to say is you know, I'm not uh, beholden to either party or to have to support some party line. Uh, I'm focused on what's good for Jacksonville, as best I can understand it. So uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun real quick. And uh, I'm going to show what affects both Democrats and Republicans, no matter uh, your race, your religion, your creed, or your belief, and then we'll go to the phone replies because we do have calls coming in. So um, as some of you may know, I put out a few clippings of Jack and I riding around Jacksonville, and these are just some of the true problems that could be wrong with any infrastructure, any situations. We have tons and tons of footage that are going to be coming down the, the pipeline in the near future, but this one particular clipping, to kind of give you an idea of what Jack and I have written around Jacksonville and do and why I personally uh, support him in this race would strike some uh, serious interest. So I'm going to play a little snippet as we go along, and you guys can tell me what you think. So we'll be right back. Check this clip out. Trash guys aren't going to pick that up. So it would be the process of someone in this community when something is out like this, there's a certain number that you call? Yeah, you call a number to get that picked up. And I was talking to a lady over who lives on the east side who's real active, and she calls in those trash piles that we've been seeing in our neighborhood even to the east of us. And apparently they have an application where you can do that. She does it so often they disable her app and quit taking messages. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. Good. But that's one way to cut down on getting calls. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's kind of a little bit of, I'm pretty sure when it's all said and done, once Jack gets elected, we're going to have our own little TV show. A lot of fun clips like that, but it's, it's little things like that um, that we're talking. Um, there was a situation where you and I rode around, and uh, we were looking for tires, and I expected to find five, ten tires. We found – it would have been over 50 had we kept driving. We just stopped. <laughs> we stopped driving. So um, – Little things like that, and I encourage people that are involved in politics or not, and some people say, well, I don't get into politics, but we have a saying that politics, it's always, it's always into you. So with that said, I'm going to go to the phone line and uh, take our first uh, caller. Uh, hello? You're on the air? Hello? Uh, yes, can you hear me? You're on the air. We can hear you loud and clear. Jack, can you hear Hi, I think I have uh, two questions for Jack, but I'm going to start off with this one. What's more important for our city right now, building new homes and commercial space or rehabbing, expanding, better utilizing our existing homes and storefronts? That's a a good question. Uh, My preference would be that we rehab what we have. 
if you come to our neighborhood where Robert and I rode around, uh, oh, within a mile or so of our home, there are quite a bit of, of homes that need to be rehabbed. Uh, and there are also quite a bit of, open, of vacant storefronts. So it really would be nice to see uh, some of those things fixed up. You know, oftentimes in the financial rub, it can be easier to build something new than it is to fix up what already exists. Certainly, though, in a lot of our neighborhoods, you know, we need to fix up what we, you know, what we have, which isn't always easy. Hello, uh, was that your was that your only question? Uh, no, no, I, uh, there was a delay. Um, the next question I have is regarding zoning. If you can change one thing in our zoning code, what would it be and why? Well, I tell you, you're asking some good questions. <laughs> uh, probably one thing, well, maybe a couple of things. Um, I think in our inner city, and of course, my wife and I live in the Sword Springfield, so that's inner city. I think we could stand to have a higher density in some instances than what we do. Uh, the second, the second thing would be one of the things that's really harmful that I can see the results of in our neighborhood and the East Side neighborhood is where uh, the city has rezoned what was residential and allowed commercial zoning. Uh, in a residential area such that there were businesses allowed that really aren't uh, appropriate in that residential context. As an example, in our neighborhood, a few blocks north of where my wife and I live, there's folks have a nice home, probably a 1920s bungalow, and right next to it are garbage trucks that are parked. Now, that's just yep. not as it should be. So some, some of the zoning that we have in our neighborhood and others that were zoned commercial and allowed businesses to come into these existing residential neighborhoods uh, has not created the best living circumstances for people. Thank you so much. All right, thank you for your call. We're going to go uh, straight to, to the next call. One second. Okay, caller, you're on Hey, here. Jack. Uh, thanks for taking our calls tonight. I was just wondering, uh, you know, I've been seeing a lot of ads. We've been talking about how important financial transparency is in Jacksonville. You know, why, why should I, why should I care about financial transparency and what the council's doing with tax money? Well, after all, it, it is our money, and the better we can understand uh, how it's being spent, the more intelligently we, we can make decisions about where we really want our money to be spent. And given my CPA background, I've certainly looked at the, uh, the city's budget. Uh, I've looked at the city's audited financial statements. And there are certainly issues we have that I think need to be addressed more seriously than they're being addressed now. Transparency, timeliness of financial statements, accuracy of financial statements, all those things go to how we really budget, manage our budget, and how we spend our money to hopefully get more bang for our buck in terms of those quality of life issues that we're all interested in. So, yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off of that a little bit when we're talking uh, transparency with, with finance and things like that. Um, 
if you were to give the city a grade on how we're doing, what what would that grade be and why? Well, I, I guess, <laughs> Robert, I guess that means uh, across the board. Uh, I'd probably say uh, a C, maybe a C minus at best. Some of the things that I saw when I looked at our audited financial statements is we were uh, way late producing those. The first year I looked at, it took us 15 months after the fiscal year end to produce audited financial statements. The next year, it was a little over a year. And the uh, independent auditor had a variety of issues that they they talked about in those audited financial statements, uh, including that we weren't reconciling our bank accounts on a regular basis or transactions going through the banks that weren't being recorded on the books. And the CPA firm had to make uh, material adjustments to our financial statements. And our internal control system had material weaknesses, a whole variety of things. And so I I asked this lady who had uh, worked in the city for 30-something years. She retired here recently. And I asked her, I said, well, with all those issues, how does the city manage its budget effectively? And she said, oh, they make up numbers. <laughs> well, that, that wasn't a very comforting answer. <laughs> so I don't know, Robert. The more I talk, I wonder if my C-minus was a little bit too <laughs> favorable. But what do you think? Well, <laughs> I was going to say C-minus isn't that bad when you look around the country and see how we're balancing and budgeting uh, uh, the, the books when it comes down to local levels. Uh, wow. So that being said, if there's a problem with us budgeting, does that trickle down to things like the video clip that I just showed of 50 tires being in the neighborhood or um, trash piles, or is it just neglect? Is it, is, is it a financial issue when it comes to that, or is it just certain neighborhoods just – they're not getting the attention. Well, it, it's really all the above. I mean, there's been lots of articles that uh, the city has made promises for 50 years about things that it would do in what I would consider to be the neglected, in some cases, abused neighborhoods, and the city hasn't done it. And so that comes back to a, a dollars and cents issue. You know, how do we set our priorities? Where are we really spending our money? Uh, why haven't we invested in these neighborhoods that sorely need investment. And again, I've, I've experienced that in our neighborhood. We've had and still have a lot of uh, busted streets and uh, busted up sidewalks and uh, issues with our, uh, with our water systems that spring leaks periodically or almost regularly because it, I think a lot of it's still 100 years old or more. Uh, so two words that I hate putting together, my wife and I have some, we have an old home, an 1890s home, and some rental property that's also old. So two words that I hate having together is is deferred maintenance, deferred maintenance. And we in the city, I think, have a a whole lot of deferred maintenance. Paper has said upon occasion that it would take several billion dollars with a B to uh, change all of the septic tanks we have to where they're on city sewer. That's a lot, Robert, that's a lot of deferred maintenance. Well, would, would, you, would you say that in the future, or is it upon us now, 
uh, infrastructure issues in the sense of, you know, things giving away and breaking? Is that something in the future, or is that something that's happening now? Oh, it's, well, it's happening now. Uh, you've ridden around our neighborhood enough to know that. So, come, if you don't have that on film, come back and <laughs> we, I, know, I don't know if you're going to show it tonight or not, but we've got that one uh, where there was a, a leak in the water system, I suppose, and uh, there was a good-sized uh, hole. Uh, I think it was at the corner of 8th and, and Market, I think. Or either eighth and market, I think and market. Any rate, uh, you were saying there's only there was a column that sort of covered up the hole, and somebody didn't see that. You know, they could they yeah. could um, break the front end of their car off. Uh, yeah, I, I those re- are I, present issues, Robert. Yeah, I remember thinking someone could actually kill themselves uh, as deep as that. It was it was probably close to two feet deep. That was, you know, but do, you know, we ask this question a lot. Will you see that and some, there's some neighborhoods in Jacksonville that are wonderful. I mean, smooth, almost almost heaven-like. And uh, it just seems like some, some areas are definitely being neglected. But let me ask you this question. And, guys, remember the number to call in is area code 319-527-6246. Press the number one. Or, in fact, you'll see it right here at the bottom of the screen. That is area code 319-527-6246. Press the number one. And you can speak to Jack Meeks himself and ask him some questions. Uh, another question, when elected, what's some of the first things you're going to do right away? Well, one thing, Robert, is going back to follow the money. I really want to understand uh, some of our financial issues better than I do now. Uh, I sent in, through an attorney friend of mine, a handful of public information requests asking things about our finances. <clears throat> and I didn't get uh, adequate answers. I guess what I say in the vernacular is I got stiffed. So my hope and expectation would be uh, when I get elected, then I can get better answers to some of those questions than I have so far, which will help inform me as to how we can do a better job spending money on the sorts of things that we really need for qual- our quality of life issues. Right. So, at large, and I hear a lot of people discuss this, a lot of people know their district, they know they're in District 10 or District 7 or District 8 or whatever, and they know that those council people are uh, dedicated to to them in specific. As an at-large councilman, what are the actual duties of that particular office? Well, in terms of our our legal responsibilities, they're the same. at-large council people are going to, sell, going to serve on committees just like a district council person does. Mm-hmm. The difference is, though, at, at least conceptually, uh, at-large can look across the whole city. Now, granted, uh, I can imagine people in our neighborhood would call me about neighborhood issues, and certainly right, uh, right. subject to our district council person, I'm going to respond. The big, I think the big difference is, is giving a broader perspective of the whole city and not focusing just on a particular district. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I always wondered about that because I'm like, is there a, you're stepping on my foot type of situation if I'm the councilman in district seven and, and I don't respond and they call the at large district one on Lawrence street. Uh, 
if I was a council person, would I be upset with Jack Meeks for uh, getting it done and <laughs> me not getting it done in that aspect? So it's one, it's one of those things. So going into – you've had a, a great career background as a CPA. Um, what drove you <laughs> to wanting to run for office? You don't see a lot of good people run for office, and you're a good guy. So that's a question that uh, a lot of people ask. It, it, takes a, it takes so much to fix a problem, and it's so easy, much easier to just run away from a situation and go into your own little cozy corner and mind your business. Uh, why do you care so much about the people? Why do you care so much about your community? You know, I guess one way of looking at things, Robert, is, is seeing uh, the possibilities of what can be. And when we came to our neighborhood 20 years ago, it was very, very different than what it is now. I mean, we still have issues, but the level of issues we had then were a lot more serious, a lot more threatening. And yet we had this beautiful fabric of these old, uh, oftentimes pre-1900 homes that just don't exist that often in Jacksonville. And so part of it was to see a neighborhood begin to be restored to its, to its beauty and see how that affected the people who lived here and, and the different possibilities that existed. So part of that was seeing what could be done on a smaller scale in a particular neighborhood and also recognizing in a lot of cases what we managed to do in our neighborhood was in spite of the city. Not because of, but in spite of. Now, oftentimes we had a better relationship with JSO, our sheriff's office. Particularly in the early years, crime was really an issue. And so I don't think we could survive without JSO. So a combination of those things, seeing the possibilities, seeing what could be done, and yet thinking it shouldn't be that hard to get the city to do the right thing to start with. And so... Somehow all of those things, Robert, sort of coalesced uh, together, and here I am on, on your show. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. We actually uh, have a have – a, this is a decent question. Um, Mr. Meeks, how do you feel about addressing crimes in uh, crime-ridden, crime-ridden sorry, neighborhoods? That's the question that came in. You know, well, you know, what we experience in our neighborhood, and I, and I think uh, crime-ridden could probably describe our neighborhood 20 years ago. So the, the several things that I would mention, and this isn't all-inclusive, but several things, is uh, we as a city haven't invested in – these left-behind or abused neighborhoods like we need to. It's inappropriate to think or unreasonable to think that businesses can come in and be willing to invest when we as a city haven't committed to uh, the appropriate infrastructure, cleanliness, appropriate zoning and code enforcement. Uh, So the city has got to do its part on an overall basis to attract the source of, of investments, whether it's for more jobs, 
or for a grocery store, the goods and services that people want to make the neighborhood more attractive. You know, then you get into uh, issues that fall more into the, the JSO uh, aspects. One of the things that I looked at, uh, I met several times with former Sheriff Glover, and uh, he gave me a list of, of things that he was real proud of that he had initiated when he was when he was uh, JSO. Well, one thing was community policing. And so back all those years ago, when my wife and I first came to our neighborhood, we had enough contact with people in JSO that we knew uh, at least some of our officers, our zone commander, on a first-name basis. We knew who they were. Uh, and so that's part of community policing that I think we've sort of gotten away from, that there's no relationship uh, or not enough of a relationship between the JSO officers and the people in the neighborhood to build that level of trust. And if there's not a level of trust between the JSO officers and the, and the neighborhood, then uh, the neighborhood's not going to get the kind of effective uh, policing that it needs. You know, I mentioned cleanliness. You know, that sounds like such a simple thing. Uh, but living in a neighborhood, Robert, that was a very modest trash pile that you showed the other, you know, a few minutes ago. It, it was. You know, living <laughs> in a neighborhood where the city doesn't consistently pick up road trash, now to some degree, you know, we hear we, we are what we eat, or maybe we are what we read, uh, but we're also greatly affected by what we see. And certainly as I've gotten older, you know, I've thought about I think all of us have an innate desire for beauty. And when we don't uh, clean our neighborhoods, I think it has a depressing effect on us. So another, another city responsibility. Okay, well, I'm going to go back to the, back to the phone lines, uh, take a call here. Hello, uh, caller, you're on with Mr. Jack Meeks from Virtual Town Hall. How are you? Hi, Jack. So you just stated that it shouldn't be so hard to get the city to do the right thing. If elected, how do you plan to encourage them or direct them into doing the right thing? I'll tell you, Robert, your folks have some, they have some good questions to ask. <laughs> well, you know, realistically, uh, and Robert's been nice enough to be saying, when I get elected, I'll be one of 19, and there's also a mayor wields a lot of power. So you know, I can't make these people do anything. What I certainly can do is encourage what I think is good behavior. And being on the city council, I'll have more of a podium, more of a microphone than I do right now as a private citizen. And I'll tell you one thing, I'm not doing this to be timid. So as appropriate, I'm going to say the things that I think need to be said to help our city be a better city. Now, I'd like not to be offensive to my colleagues, and yet uh, I'm not going to be timid about that either. Well, that's a, a great answer. So I'm going to let you go in a second, but we have a, another question here that uh, came in via message. Um, Mr. Meeks? <laughs> I'll paraphrase it. Um, they're asking. I'm not to call Mr. Meeks all that much, Robert, but go ahead. Uh, basically, they want to know how accessible, accessible you will be 
uh, in office. Apparently, this is a long paragraph, so I'm not going to read it all. They had a rush brush in with maybe one or two council people that they could never get responses from. Um, they, if they did get a response, it was we'll get back with you. No return calls. That kind of seems to be a, a norm. So, like I said, I'm not going to read the entire paragraph because I don't want to bore everyone. But uh, I guess the question is, will you be accessible? Well, the simple answer is yes. <laughs> and, 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 Robert, I don't understand that. Uh, and I've gotten the same thing with trying to get an answer from a council person or for somebody in the city bureaucracy. And the way I've run my business for all these years, uh, and I would intend to do the same thing, the city council, is I return phone calls timely, one. Two, I find out what the issue is, and either I can tell the person then, here's what I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it, or I can't do it and here's why I can't do it, or I need to get an answer and I'll get back with you on this particular day. I don't see where that's all that complicated, and it's exactly how I've gone about running my business for all these years. So. It's befuddling to me how when people seem to get in these jobs that they don't seem to be able to communicate anymore. Uh, it's just a matter of communication. So, yes, I intend to do that. Well, if I have to hire you, Robert, to help me communicate, <laughs> we'll do that. And, I, and I'd like to have more town hall meetings, uh, you know, across the city to hear what people have to say. That's been – that's really been the best part of – of this uh, effort is just meeting more people, getting more perspectives, and as I said earlier, there are no limits to the perspectives and opinions people have. Yeah, once once you're elected, maybe we can take the virtual town hall on a more mainstream uh, level. <laughs> so, in in closing, um, what would you have to say to those future voters that are going to vote you in on March 23rd? What would be your uh, to them. Well, two things. You know, one, vote Jack Meeks March 23rd this year. And the second thing is, I like when you say, Robert, when I get elected, then I'm going to need a lot of help to nudge the city in the right direction. And so that's the way we get politicians' attentions when they think there are enough people with enough passion, enough interest, and enough votes that they want something different, it's a lot more likely to happen. So it's a two-part answer. I need your help now, and I'll need your help as much or even more in the future. Well, you guys heard it here. Make sure you like, share this video. If you're on Facebook, I want to thank everybody for listening on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all the other platforms that we're streaming on simultaneously here. You heard this from Jacksonville, Florida, Jack Meeks. City Council candidate, Group 5, at large. We'll have another town hall meeting uh, coming up, and we'll give you guys the information on that where you can call in and speak with Jack and get all of this wonderful information that he has. Thank you, Jack, so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor, and I'll see you soon. Robert, thank you, Coach. (laughs) Good night.